Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on Wednesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Full show, all 90 minutes. We go up until 7 o'clock, and then we head on over to Game 2 of the World Series between the Astros and the Braves. Braves with a one-game-to-nothing lead. It's going to be Max Freed against Jose Urquidy tonight in Game 2 on the mound. And joining us now from ESPN Radio every Wednesday, our guy Freddie Coleman, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. When we don't have live sporting events on, Freddie's show can be heard right here every night at 9 o'clock. So, Freddie, how are you? I'm good, brother. It's really kind of an interesting time when you got the NBA's gotten started, the NFL in full swing, college football's been out of control, and now we got the World Series kicking off last night between the Braves and Nashville, so it's a really good time to be a sports fan. You were ripping baseball last night on your show. You said baseball's going to lose fans. Defend yourself. Well, I don't know if baseball's going to lose fans. I think they may have already lost a younger fan because you can't have so many games that are longer and longer and longer because of bullpens. And I get it. you got to do everything you can to win the baseball game, especially with the stakes so high in the World Series between the Braves and the Astros. But, Brady, four hours and six minutes, they used 11 pitchers combined between both of these teams, and not one pitcher even lasted three innings. And I get it. Your guy's not going well for the Astros, and then you have the injury to the Braves starter when it comes to Charlie Morton suffering that broken fibula and still getting three guys out after the ball hit him in the shin. But there's been an ongoing problem for Major League Baseball that you can't be a 19th century sport in the 21st century and unwilling to make changes. And when you make changes, the pushback has been so much that the changes don't take effect. So that's why I was ripping baseball. Not so much because of the game last night being four hours and six minutes. That was bad enough. But it seems that a lot of that has gone on way too much where analytics and high salaries have done a really good job ruining a sport that still has a lot to offer, but not to the young people out there that want to see exactly what the fuss is all about. You know, Freddie, I... My pushback to you on that is this. To me, it's not about the length of the game, but I will contend it should start earlier. And I Mm -hmm. get why it starts late. I get advertising revenue and all that. But a four-hour game, you're right, it's long. But if it started at 7 or if it started at 7.30, it's a lot more palatable because we do this every year with the NCAA tournament. The national championship game is two hours long, but it starts at 9.15 and also ends you know, too late. So that's a short game. That I, I think it's all about start time, not length of game. No, I don't think it's about start time, Brady, because you could have a game starting at 9 o'clock, but if it's compelling four hours, then people are going to tune in. Prime example. Look at the Penn State-Illinois game that was nine overtimes. Even though that lasted longer than the average college football game, it was compelling because people wanted to see exactly what's going to happen. And as the overtime went further and further along, the audience went from 4.5 million watching the game in regular time to over 7 million watching in overtime. If you have something compelling, people are going to tune in. That was a problem I had last night. It not only was a four-hour baseball game, but it was four hours of boredom where nothing was really happening after the first three innings. So it's not about start times to me. You can have an eight-hour event, but if it's something that keeps me interested, I'm going to pay attention. But at a certain point, my eyes were glazing over because it was pitching change, pitching change, going in the mound and talking to the pitcher, guy stepping out of the batter's box. At a certain point, the inaction lasted a lot longer than the action when it came to last night's game one between the Braves and the Astros. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. You know, when I was growing up, the Braves were like the Dallas Cowboys. They were like America's yeah. team. They were on TBS. They were really, really good. They were the only team with a national TV deal. I can still, to this day, name you the Braves starting lineup and rotation from, you know, 96 <laughs> through 99 just because they were that imprinted on us. Are the Bra- Do the Braves still have that kind of following, or am I dating myself? 
I, yeah, I think you're dating both of us, to be honest yeah. with you, Brady, because I remember Tom Glavin and also Greg Maddox and John Smoltz and all those dudes, and then later on with John Rocker. When you think about it, he's been the, the biggest personality involved in the Atlanta Braves run because he was an idiot at times, despite his talent as being a dominant closer for that couple of years that he did that with the Atlanta Braves. But the one thing you mentioned about those teams, they were so good but they were fun to watch because even if you were an opponent of that team and as a New York Mets fan, they drove me nuts from a 14-year period when they yeah. went from worst to first in 1991 and they pretty much dominated the 1990s. But they were must-see TV because you knew you were going to get quality baseball, you are going to get terrific baseball. Look at the two Hall of Famers that played for that organization, Tom Glavin and John Smoltz. So they were a worthwhile team, and you're right. When they had that national contract, they weren't on ESPN. They were on the Superstation, WTBS Channel 17, depending on where mm-hmm. you live. And that really made their name for the Braves, but also winning was the ultimate, ultimate in terms of making their popularity grow even further and further. So I don't mind you dating us from that standpoint because look at the teams that were really good at that time. We had the Atlanta Braves, then the New York Yankees. They were able to come along. The St. Louis Cardinals, they were doing their thing. The Pittsburgh Pirates when they had Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonilla. There's so many terrific teams with star power everywhere that baseball was something that you couldn't wait to watch whatever baseball game that was going to be, even if it did not involve your baseball team. You know, you mentioned a great time for sports fans, and it is because there's so much to watch. I got to say, though, I'm feeling a little bit detached from the NBA right now. I'm having a hard time getting into it. Not because I don't like it. I still do. But I feel like the NBA season starts about two weeks earlier, at least, than it used to. And the Celtics are 2-2, and and I've only watched about two halves of basketball. You know why? Because the NBA season, to your point, Brady, it is a long season, and they're not going to take away what they believe is going to build momentum. I've always said that I think two things should happen with the NBA. It should be no longer than 70 to 72 games, and I think the season starts on Christmas Day because that's when everybody is really getting involved wanting to watch the NBA. But I'm not about to tell multi-billionaires what to do with their product and what to do with their business because they're not going to give away 10 games of revenue when they know what kind of revenue, especially fans back in the buildings now when it comes to the NBA. And there have been great storylines so far. you got the Chicago Bulls. They're undefeated. The New York Knicks, they're 3-1. and one. you got the Golden State Warriors. They're 4-0 even without Klay Thompson. You want to figure out what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook who played out of his mind last night, but the Lakers are 2-2 two and two after beating the San Antonio Spurs in overtime. So there are great storylines there. But if you're the NBA, you're hoping that People give a cursory glance, and then you start building that momentum when Christmas Day rolls around, and then when the NFL is finally over, then you're able to take center stage along college basketball. But I don't blame you. I'm an NBA fan, and I have firmly believed for the longest time, Brady, that 82 games is too long of a regular season. Moving over to the NFL, Patriots beat your Jets 54-13. to Is that a good win, or just we write it off and say, eh? I never write off wins in the NFL, man. I never do that, Brady, because it's so hard to win games in the National Football League, and I clearly understand that. But let's look at the Patriots so far, what we've been able to see from this team this year. Outside of the New Orleans Saints game, they have not been played off their feet by anybody. Look at their losses. They lose to the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, and full disclosure, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but the officials missed that pass interference in overtime that have kept the ball for the Patriots, and who knows what happens at the end of that drive. It took a 56-yard field goal to hit the upright from Nick Folk for them not to win that ball game against Tampa Bay. And opening day, they don't fumble the ball inside the 20-yard line. They beat the Miami Dolphins. So this team is on the right path. And I know the, the victories have not been there to their liking. I clearly understand that. But Mac Jones has been better than advertised. The defense has played really well in spots. The running game has been more than effective. Other guys have been able to step up. 
it, it may not serve well this year because the Patriots still can possibly make the playoffs in the AFC. But now the future is even brighter than ever before. And as anybody in that division, you got to look at that and say, oh, God, this may be another 20-year run for the Patriots. Highly unlikely. But they have all the pieces in place where after this season, maybe even during this season, they can start a new beginning and be better than anybody could have anticipated. Pats are taking on the Chargers this Sunday. We're going to have it on DEV. A lot of people seem to think the Pats are not only going to keep this game close, but they're going to have a good chance to win this game. And I'm like, have we seen Justin Herbert play this year? <laughs> the Chargers seem to be pretty good, Freddie. Yeah, that's going to be a really good game, though, because the Chargers can play a little bit of defense, too. Derwin James is playing an all-pro level in the secondary, and you can't forget about Joey Bosa, what he's been able to do at that defensive line for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, of course, Justin Herbert has just been unbelievable being an elite quarterback playing this year. But this Patriots team, we've seen that they can hang in. They believe they can hang in and they can make plays. That's the kind of trust I think they now have in their quarterback in Mac Jones where we're going to start seeing Bill Belichick give him a little bit more, a little bit more. Now, I love the game plan last week because the New York Jets, they were so worried about getting the, having people get behind their secondary. So they're able to dink and dunk, dink and dunk, run screen here. It reminded me so much of the first year that Tom Brady was the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. People see Tom Brady now and what he was able to be the New England Patriots. But the first year he was a starting quarterback, this was the exact offense that they had. Dink and dunk, run the football a little bit, play tough defense, and don't have your quarterback put your defense on the short field. The only time they opened it up was when Tom Brady got hurt in the AFC Championship game. Drew Bledsoe gets in the lineup on the road to Pittsburgh. He's throwing the ball over the park. But the minute that Tom Brady got back into the lineup in the Super Bowl, it was the same kind of offense that we're seeing right now. So I think that's why this game is going to be a little bit closer. And it would not surprise me if the Patriots win a game like this because they've been on the short end of games like this at a certain point. They're going to break through one of those close games. And if it happens this week against the Los Angeles Chargers, I can't even imagine what that's going to look and be like for this team the rest of the season. Freddie, what's your uh, go-to Halloween candy? Oh, so many choices and only one day. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I'm a big Snickers fan. I'm a big Milky Way fan. I'm a big, I'm a huge, huge fan that when you get like the Jolly Ranchers and you put the sour apple or the cherry in. Ooh. So I'm not a candy corn fan. I, no. I understand people are candy corn fans. You know, that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. <laughs> Anytime somebody put candy corn in my bag for Halloween, I would say, well, I'm not going to that person's house ever again. But there's so many candy choices. As long as it's not candy corn or black licorice, I'm pretty much good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I would say I always like – I'm partial to the fruity ones, Skittles and Starbursts. Yeah. And if we're going chocolate, oh. I'm in on Milky Way and Three Musketeers. Yeah, Oh, definitely Three Musketeers. And an underrated one, when you get like the mini Twix yes. in your bag, yeah, you, you get a mini Twix, I'm on your lawn for free for the rest of the time. <laughs> that's what I'm doing when you do that to me. Freddie, <laughs> have a great weekend. Enjoy Halloween, and we will talk to you next week. You too, my brother Brady. Always a pleasure. Take care.